0: Love is more than a day on the calendar or a sign-off on a letter. Love starts with you. Show off your personal style with new Pandora jewelry pieces that radiate with your love from every angle. With Pandora's vast selection of rings, bracelets, earrings, necklaces, and charms, there's endless ways to show what's in your heart. Write a love note to yourself or your best friend with handwritten charms or a personal engraving. Shop now at Pandora.net. Pandora. Be love. The Six of Hearts from Ohio. One August day in 1999, Naisha was spending her Saturday afternoon, like so many other 19 year olds, playing video games. But when her gaming was interrupted by a knock on the apartment door, a sinister plan was set into motion that ended her game and her future. I'm Ashley Flowers, and this is the death. August in the Midwest, like most months in the Midwest, can be a total toss-up as far as weather goes. And a young man who we'll call Ronald found that to be especially true on August 14th, 1999, when the afternoon temperature in Dayton, Ohio, was a bit chillier than he expected. So at around noon, he'd left his girlfriend Naisha's place, where he lived part-time, kind of like off and on, to go home and change into something warmer. But after bundling up, he didn't go straight back to Naisha's place. Instead, he met up with a buddy of his, who I'm going to call Jared. And by 3 p.m., the two of them finally moseyed back to Naisha's apartment together to hang out with her. Little did they know, when they opened the door to apartment 26, they'd discover a scene they could never unsee. Sprawled out and motionless on a blood soaked rug just inside the doorway was Naisha. In a complete panic, Ronald and Jared started shouting for someone to call 911, and two women in neighboring apartments answered their cries.
1: Yes, I need 911 to Neil, 905 apartment 26. Apartment what? 26. What's wrong? I don't know. I'm next door and a friend of mine came in and told me to call 911. Well, they, they got to let us know me. what they need. I just, you just don't get He's me. not. It's her girlfriend. I don't know. I'm just. Listen, ma'am. 911 means we got to okay. get fire, ambulance, or police, or something. Up. Hey, get the fire! She's shot. Has so she been shot? Yes. Hill, 905. I'm Brenda. I'm the uh, neighbor. Okay, Brenda. I understand it, but I need for you to help me as much as I can. Okay. Um, I didn't see, see her. her you didn't see her? No, I just went over there and asked what was going on, and he said she's been shot. Now, but nobody knows who shot the girl. Uh-uh. I need nine one one I mean, excuse me, I need police at nine oh five Neal. What's wrong there? Someone is in the building and said She shot. she shot. shot. Okay, do you know who it is, ma'am? It's Department 26. She's on the floor. She's lying down she's not conscious at all. I think she's shot. Okay. okay. Oh, is the person that shot her still there? No. We're gonna get police there, ma'am.
0: Once Jared got word that police were on their way, he took off. Soon, first responders were on the scene, and even though Naisha had been shot multiple times, including once in the face, she was still clinging to life. So they rushed her to the hospital. Just as quickly as first responders had gotten to the scene, word of the shooting was spreading around town. And it wasn't long before the news reached Naisha's mother, Jennifer Cody.
2: I was at work. I think I was there maybe about 30 minutes to an hour, and then my little brother came and he had told me something happened to Naisha and when I got in the car, I just kept praying and saying I hope my baby wasn't dead, and when he got to the hospital, they told me that they tried and tried to revive her, but they couldn't. From the way I looked at it, from the way she was shot, Shania, she was dead on arrival. She was shot in the temple, she was shot in the neck, and she was shot in the forehead. Whoever did it, they really meant to kill her.
0: Jennifer somehow found the strength to make her way to the crime scene, which was still bustling with law enforcement. Detectives pulled her aside and asked her a few questions about her daughter, but she was just beside herself. She couldn't believe Naisha was gone. She told police she had just spoken to her on the phone at around 2 p.m., and she seemed perfectly fine and in good spirits.
2: She was trying to cook, and I was calling. I was just asking her how she was doing and how things been going, and she said they were okay. She didn't
0: sound like nothing was wrong. Jennifer and Naisha were close. In fact, up until about a month ago, Jennifer actually lived in apartment 26 with Naisha and, like we mentioned before, sometimes Ronald. Jennifer told the detectives that she didn't know of any issues between Naisha and her boyfriend and that he took good care of her. Here's retired Sergeant Gary White, who was one of the detectives on the scene that day.
3: She provided detectives with background information on uh, Naisha. And Naisha was working and she was going to school. She wanted to be a paralegal, so she had a lot going on in her life, and Aisha did not have a criminal record. She was not someone who was involved in crimes. She was connected to her family closely, so she didn't live the lifestyle that would open her up to someone wanting to come back and, you know, murder her for any criminal reprisals or anything like that.
0: Also on the scene at this point was Naisha's cousin, Sharonda. And investigators had some questions for her, too. Sharonda said that the reason she showed up at the complex is because at around 3.30 p.m., she got a call from Ronald, who was frantic, saying that he found Naisha shot. Now, Sharonda, of course, was panicked, but the phone connection was bad, so she tried to reach Ronald through the apartment phone, but the line was busy. So she came in person to see what was going on. Investigators asked her about Naisha and Ronald's relationship, and she said that she didn't know of any big issues the couple had, aside from one time several months prior when Ronald gave Naisha a black eye during a fight. Which, for clarity, violence of any kind should never be tolerated, and that is an issue. But Sharonda's assessment of their relationship was that it was decently steady. She mentioned that Ronald didn't have a job, but he always had money. She said before Ronald, Naisha dated this guy, and she would still occasionally see that guy. But Sharonda said she didn't know of any enemies Naisha had because she was a quote unquote homebody and only went to work and school. And just like Jennifer, Sharonda had also spoken with Naisha earlier in the day, and she said the same thing nothing seemed off.
3: They both indicated that. Naisha and Ronald actually had a good relationship, you know, like everybody has trouble, right? So for the most part, you know, they were good good to each other and there may have been some differences where he might move out or move back in. But um, certainly no one that we talked to at that time would consider him to be violent to the point where he would harm seriously, you know, Naisha, like kill her.
0: After talking with Jennifer and Sharonda and after obtaining a search warrant for Naisha's apartment, Sergeant White and his team got
3: busy. We start to examine her apartment for evidence. And we find out that there's uh, no forced entry on her door. It appears as if she may have let someone into her apartment uh, from where her body would have been positioned prior to our arrival uh, based on two bullet entries into a wooden floor that passed through her body. It appears as if she was initially confronted at her front door. She's shot, and then she falls backwards into her apartment, and two more shots are delivered to her there. So her apartment is um, semi-well organized. There's no evidence that she fought with anybody. The furniture is still where it normally would have been positioned. So we didn't think at the time that this was like a home invasion for the purposes of a robbery or an assault, anything like that. It appears that she answered her door, was immediately shot, and then shot two more times.
0: The final shot had gone through the floor, so investigators had to remove a section of the flooring to retrieve the bullets.
3: These uh, bullets were fired from a .32-caliber weapon. And there's no casings that were recovered there. So it suggests to us that the weapon was probably a revolver.
0: As evidence was being collected, officers were canvassing the apartment complex, seeing if anyone heard the gunshots or saw anything.
3: The apartment building itself was probably somewhere around half occupied. So there's not like, you know, hundreds of people living there. We went to multiple floors contacting people and there weren't a whole lot of people there.
0: Of the people who were there, though, nobody admitted to hearing any gunshots.
3: Now, that's not always unusual. There are, in my experience of 15 years of investigating homicides, there are certainly people who hear gunshots, you know, in their neighborhood, and they hear those gunshots so frequently that it doesn't really arouse their suspicion anymore. There are some people who hear gunshots and don't want to be involved in contacting the police or making notifications so they don't call. Uh, So unfortunately, hearing gunshots in a neighborhood or even in an apartment complex at times will not generate phone calls from people that may have heard that.
0: Now, it's worth noting that an anonymous resident of the complex told Dayton Daily News that she did hear gunshots. She said, quote, there wasn't no scuffle or nothing. A few minutes later, there was a little bumping, then two more shots. But it seems as though this resident chose not to provide this
3: information to police. Well, after our our apartment canvas, there was not a whole lot of information that could help us with who the potential suspect was. There's no one seen running from the apartments. The apartments themselves have uh, secure doors on the outside, so you'd have to be, you know, inside the apartment. And then to gain entrance to her apartment itself... Someone had to knock on the door and she let them in. So there's certainly some evidence and some suggestion that the person involved in this may have lived inside that apartment complex itself.
0: As the apartment building was still bustling with activity, one key person was sitting down for a formal interview with law enforcement, Naisha's boyfriend, Ronald. When it comes to travel, we all have that happy place that we're always dreaming about. Whether it's the snow-capped mountains, white sand beaches, a best friend's wedding, or even a hometown visit, we all have one. I mean, you're probably thinking of yours right now. Wherever your happy place is, Priceline wants to get you there for a happy price, so you never have to miss a trip. And did you know that when you bundle and save with Priceline, you can save up to 625 bucks when you book your flights and hotels together? We all know the feeling of having a 100 open tabs across 50 different sites trying to find the best deal. But if you just use Priceline, you can simply book your entire trip in one place. They truly have deals that you can't find anywhere else. And listen, it's not easy for me to get away, or at least not far away. But ever since I was in college, I have been the queen of staycations. And hand-to-bible Priceline was my jam. I had it dialed in. I'd get four-star hotels for like 50 bucks a night and treat myself after a long work week and college classes. I couldn't even believe anyone ever booked anything another way. So download the Priceline app today to save up to 60% off select hotels. And go to your happy price with Priceline. Why not grocery shop from the comfort of your couch? With Thrive Market, the no-junk-food-healthy grocery store, you can't. I've been gearing up for summer, trying to get myself in shape, and I actually have been getting all of my whey protein and collagen powders from Thrive Market. Not just from Thrive Market, but I get the Thrive Market brand, which is delicious, priced super well. And I feel like it's a brand that I can trust because Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods, and they restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories. Save time and money as a Thrive Market member on every single grocery order. On average, customers save over 30% each time. They even have a deals page that changes daily. Save time and money and shop Thrive Market today. Go to thrivemarket.com deck for 30% off your first order, plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com deck. Thrivemarket.com deck. Ronald recounted for detectives the details of his day, how he came back to Naisha's place and found her lying on the floor. He said once he saw the gunshot wounds, he called Naisha's cousin Sharonda, then began shouting throughout the apartments that someone had been shot. Now, even though it's common in murder investigations for everyone to immediately point the finger at the significant other, especially when they're also the one to find the victim deceased, Sergeant White said nothing Ronald told them set off any alarm bells. He wasn't acting suspicious or being uncooperative, so they had no reason to label him a person of interest. As investigators continued speaking with friends and family and scouring everywhere for clues, they found someone who seemed to have proven that they had it out for Naisha. You see, on May 14th of that year, Naisha had reported a burglary at her apartment.
3: In that burglary, the front door was pried open or forced open and her mom was living with her there at the time, and a safe was taken, and the safe may have had up to $5,000 in the safe.
0: Pretty quickly, that thief was identified as a woman that we'll call Delaney. She claims she stole the safe because Naisha owed her half of its contents. But once Delaney had the safe in her possession, she couldn't get it open on her own, so she gave it to someone else for them to crack it. And she says she never saw the safe or the money again. Now, Delaney was arrested and charged for the theft back then. And now investigators were wondering if she could have been holding a grudge against Naisha for reporting the burglary. Could she have been angry that she didn't get the money she was supposedly owed? Clearly, there were reasonable grounds for motive, which caused Delaney to quickly rise to the surface as a suspect in Naisha's murder. Investigators couldn't recall for sure, but for one reason or another... Today, Delaney is no longer considered a viable suspect. They thought it might have been because she was incarcerated at the time of Naisha's death, possibly still locked up for the whole safe-stealing fiasco, but they weren't 100% sure. Even though they were still in what you would call the early stages of their investigation, once the Delaney lead crumbled, things started losing steam fast. They didn't have a suspect, and really, they didn't even know the true motive yet. But that doesn't mean they didn't have a
3: theory. The attack on Naisha certainly fits that model of a revenge homicide. It's very close, it's very personal, and it's very final with the coup de grace shots on the floor. It was obvious that two additional injuries to her cheek and another one in her neck, that those two shots were delivered by the shooter to Naisha while she was on the floor. And if this was a burglary or a home invasion or a sexual assault attempt, that doesn't make sense that anybody would walk up to her after she's initially shot in the forehead, which certainly would have killed her then. The purpose of delivering two additional shots certainly suggests to me that this was a personal revenge, vendetta type of a homicide.
0: But. Revenge for what? Like her cousin, Sharonda, told investigators the day of the murder, Naisha was a homebody. She stayed pretty busy with work and school, and she wasn't involved in illegal activity that anyone knew of.
3: We didn't have a lot to go on. The forensic evidence that we had was uh, basically a couple of bullets, and bullets are routinely checked, you know, for other crimes, and those bullets had not been traced to any other criminal activity that, that we knew of. That was the frustration of this case, is it was just the, the lack of evidence with basically, uh, you know, two bullets to go on.
0: Just days after the murder, Naisha's case had essentially hit a brick wall with nowhere to go. But a few months later, another murder happened. This one a little bit too close for comfort. Sometime between December 16th, 1999 and January 5th of 2000, 40-year-old Brenda Taylor was found murdered in the bathtub of a vacant unit. And this was literally the apartment just down the hallway from Naisha's. Even more eerie is that the victim, Brenda, was the same Brenda who called 911 when Naisha was found shot. So, of course, two women murdered in the same building just months apart was cause for alarm within the neighborhood. And I'm sure everyone was ready to connect the dots and cry serial killer. But investigators weren't convinced.
3: There was no reason to connect the homicide that occurred in 2000 with Naisha's homicide. Another female was murdered. However, she was assaulted and beaten. And that's what caused her death. So there's, there was no firearm, no bullets to examine with her death. To to connect her death to anything that occurred to Naisha. So we didn't think that there was any reason to think that the person who murdered the woman in 2000 was connected to Naisha's death.
0: To this day, Brenda's case is still unsolved. In fact, she's featured as the Two of Hearts in the same cold case deck Naisha's in. So maybe we'll get to go in depth for her case someday. But since investigators quickly determined that the two murders weren't connected, Naisha's case stayed cold. Dayton police didn't just give up though. Sergeant White told us they still did the occasional media push to try and draw in tips, but their phone line stayed silent, like for years. As Naisha's case sat there, her friends and family were left to pick up the pieces. I
2: fell into a deep depression. Because, you know, I, that was a part of me, and it just seemed like somebody just ripped half of my heart out my body. I don't understand why it happened. She didn't do nothing to nobody. She was that type of person. She didn't do nothing to nobody. She was considerate, and she was loving, and she was very respectful. She'd give you the shirt off her back if she had to, if that's the last thing you needed.
0: Like I mentioned earlier, Naisha was going to school to become a paralegal. And Jennifer told us that she had no plans to stop there. She dreamed of one day becoming a lawyer. A dream that was killed by some coward who had yet to be identified. Someone who had everyone wondering if they would ever be identified. But then, one random day in May 2004, seemingly out of the blue... Someone came forward with a secret that they'd been holding on to that they just couldn't keep in any longer.
3: A Crime Stoppers tip came in and it appeared credible, and that reignited interest in the case.
0: We got our hands on that initial Crime Stoppers report that police received. Here's a voice actor reading it in part. And at the request of law enforcement, we changed real names to pseudonyms. The caller stated that Sharon committed the murder. Sharon was living in the apartments at 905 Neal at the time of the crime was committed, unknown in which apartment she actually lived in. The caller advised Sharon shot Naisha in the head because Naisha was creeping with her boyfriend, the same boyfriend that Sharon killed and was currently in jail for. The caller stated the only two witnesses that had direct knowledge of this was Sharon's brother, who was killed in a robbery, and Sharon's mother. This is kind of a wild tip, and I can only imagine what was going through investigators' minds when it first came across their desks. I mean, this was the first time they'd heard Sharon's name in relation to Naisha's case, so naturally, they had a lot of vetting to do. They confirmed that Sharon was real and that she really did live at 905 Neil at the time of Naisha's murder, on the same floor, in fact, and that she was currently in prison for murdering her boyfriend, who we'll call David, Investigators looked into David's murder, and they quickly noted some striking similarities. Here's Sergeant White recounting the details of David's homicide.
3: She's in a verbal altercation with her boyfriend. And then due to this altercation, I mean, she just grabs a handgun, shoots him almost point blank through a window, and then does deliver two coup de grace shots. And then while David is laying there bleeding, she Kicks David and spits on him and says, don't ever threaten me again. And that was always something that stuck out to me that I found of interest that a person's uh, profile or the way they react to certain situations, they may more often than not react in the same way. And I saw similarities between the murder of David and the murder of Naisha
0: Detectives continued looking into Sharon's past and learned that she was even more of a loose cannon than they knew. Sometime after Naisha's homicide, but before David was killed, Sharon got into a violent altercation over parking. She shot multiple rounds at two women who were blocking a driveway. Clearly, the profile police were building of Sharon was one of violence and recklessness, which seemed to fit right in with Naisha's killing. So they began trying to get an interview with her. And in the meantime, detectives started revisiting all of the people they had spoken with years prior, and those they hadn't, like Jared, the friend who was with Ronald the day of the murder, but fled before police got there. Investigators finally caught up with him and sat down to talk, though he didn't have much to add beyond what they already knew. Mostly, he just confirmed what Ronald had already told police that day. Next, they re-interviewed Sharonda. But this time, she actually had a lot more to say. Particularly about Naisha's boyfriend, Ronald. This time around, she said she never liked the guy and thought that Naisha only dated him because he had money from being a drug dealer. She also said that the couple fought a lot. And the night before the murder, Ronald and Naisha were having one of their fights. Naisha kicked Ronald out, but eventually he came back. So, this meant that investigators needed to revisit Ronald. But not before they talked to Sharon. She was still their priority. And by the time November rolled around, it finally happened. The stars aligned for investigators to interview her at the prison where she was being held. Texas Pete is the sauce that allows you to sauce like you mean it. It's what people gather around. It's generosity in its simplest form. And it's a swagger people have who know what's good. Each Texas peat sauce is packed with bold, balanced flavor. The signature tanginess is what makes it a legendary hot sauce that can be used on just about anything. It has been at the center of dinner tables since 1929 and is still heating things up today. You're definitely going to want to try every flavor. The original hot sauce has a famous secret blend of fermented peppers. The hotter hot sauce is three times hotter than the original and not for the faint of heart. Sabor by Texas Pete adds authentic Mexican flavor, and their dust-dry seasoning matches the flavor of the original hot sauce in a flavorful dry rub. I actually put that dry rub on my chicken last week and loved it. Texas Pete sauce like you mean it. Visit texaspeat.com and use the store locator to find Texas Pete products as well as purchase sauces and get recipe inspiration. And use promo code DECK24 for 20% off at texaspeat.com. When it comes to your health, there should be no compromises. Don't go back to that doctor who doesn't fully listen to you or rushes through your appointment. Instead, check out ZocDoc. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. Search by location, availability, and insurance. No compromises. And these doctors all have verified reviews from actual, real patients. And you don't have to wait forever to get in with someone good. When I looked online, the typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between just 24 and 72 hours. That's it. You can even score some same-day appointments. Go to ZocDoc.com slash deck and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash deck. Zocdoc.com slash deck. Sharon confirmed that in August of 99, she lived at 905 Neal in apartment 21 with her boyfriend David. At first, Sharon said she never really knew Naisha super well, like she only knew her by sight and hadn't interacted with her beyond some maybe small talk in passing. But as the interview went on, Sharon conceded that she and David would maybe sometimes buy drugs from Ronald and Naisha. And sometimes Ronald and Naisha would buy drugs from her and David. And she admitted that her and Naisha were actually pretty good friends and they'd hang out at each other's apartments to smoke. And what's more, Sharon said she'd interacted with Naisha on the day of the murder. Here's Detective Elizabeth Alley, who's on Naisha's case today.
4: So, Sharon actually went to Naisha's apartment on the day I've called Naisha and asked her if she had a videotape. She needed a videotape, like a DVR to record something. And so, Naisha said, Yeah, I have one. You can come and get it. And so, um, she went to Naisha's apartment to pick up that videotape. While they were there, they actually did smoke weed. And then soon after, Sharon left with the videotape and apparently never came back to the apartment, according to her.
0: Sharon said that sometime before noon that day, she and David left the apartment building to go take care of some business, aka a drug deal. A few hours later, Sharon's cell phone started blowing up with calls.
4: She began receiving calls on her phone about the shooting at the apartment. People were actually calling her concerned about her safety and wondering if she was the one who had been shot.
0: Sharon said that by the time she and David got back to the apartment building, everything was over. And that was her story. Investigators asked what kind of gun she owned at the time, and she couldn't remember for sure, but she thought they were a 25 caliber, a 9 millimeter, and a 38 caliber, none of which were a 32 caliber like Naisha was killed with. Sharon added that she knew Ronald and Naisha would often get into heated arguments, but she never wanted to stick her nose where it didn't belong, so she didn't have any further information on
4: that. And the detectives also asked her what she's heard on the street. That's not uncommon. Detectives often say, well, if you don't know what happened, then um, what have you heard on the street? What are the streets saying? Because streets talk. And she said she hadn't heard anything in the street about what had been going on, which was really interesting because... Everybody has something to say about what's being said in the street, but she did not have anything to say about what was being said in the streets, and said no one really talks about it, which I find very hard to believe, because that doesn't ever happen. Usually people are talking, and oftentimes it's not the truth, or sometimes the truth is somewhere mixed in between, but in her case she said no one's really talking about this case. Very interesting.
0: Before the interview was over, Sharon said something else that added even more red flags for investigators. She said she thought Naisha's murder was quote-unquote business and nothing personal. Detectives left that interview with alarm bells ringing in their heads, but clearly Sharon wasn't ready to confess to anything, and they didn't have enough to press charges. So they were forced to press on with other leads, and just wait until something more came in that could make a better case. And a few months later, they got a tip they hoped would be exactly what they were waiting for. A woman will called Diane, who was incarcerated with Sharon, came forward to police and said that she had tricked Sharon into confessing to the murder to her. Diane told detectives that the story Sharon told her was that she had discovered her boyfriend and Naisha were sleeping together. So she went to Naisha's place, punched her in the face, and then shot her in the face. Now, it's worth noting that the autopsy found no indication of blunt force trauma to the face, so not completely matching up with the evidence there. But we don't know how hard she punched her, so it could still be true, it might not, basically, what police knew they needed to do was they needed to sit Diane down for a polygraph. Problem is, I can't tell you how that played out. Investigators today aren't sure what the results of that polygraph were. What they do know today, and maybe even back then, is that Diane had a history of being a jailhouse informant in an attempt to getting things for herself. So eventually this tip was discounted. Soon enough, Naisha's boyfriend Ronald was interviewed again, specifically about Sharon. He said Sharon and Naisha were pretty good friends, like close enough that they smoked weed together, but not tight enough to go out clubbing together or anything like that. He said after the murder, he too heard rumors that Naisha had been sleeping with Sharon's boyfriend and that Sharon killed her with the same gun used to kill David. Now, this is one of those things that also didn't entirely match up with what investigators knew because we know Naisha was killed with a 32 caliber and David was shot with a 38. So it definitely wasn't the same gun. But anyway, Ronald added that just a few months before that interview, Ronald saw Naisha's cousin Sharonda and she told him directly that Sharon had something to do with Naisha's murder. But just like everything else, everyone was saying it was all hearsay. I heard this through the grapevine, so-and-so told me whatever. And yes, it's helpful, but standing alone without anything to support it, it's simply not enough, no matter how many times they hear it. So investigators were kind of trapped. As the months passed by, more and more people were coming forward with similar stories, either recounting the town gossip or telling their own stories of how they knew Sharon did it. But still, there was no physical evidence that they could tie to Sharon. No direct witnesses, no testimony, no confession.
3: The problem is then establishing enough evidence, either through physical evidence or through witnesses, There comes a time when you have to make a decision, you know, do you take this to a uh, prosecutor's office for the filing of charges? And it seems certainly our initial investigation, 99, never even got us close to that, and the case went cold. With this information, uh, it certainly uh, is a step in the right direction. However, with the uh, death of David at the hands of Sharon, his information could have been crucial to solving this. But without his input, this certainly doesn't get us to the point where we feel we can prosecute this case. However, even with the death of David, we know that there are others who have knowledge of Naisha's murder and who committed her murder.
0: And that's where things sit today. Sergeant White is retired now, but he is still with the cold case unit on a part-time basis, And he is still searching for the missing pieces of the puzzle to bring closure to Naisha's family.
3: So if there are enough people who would come forward and make contact with our department, our detectives, and tell them what they know, this case can certainly be prosecuted based on the information of multiple witnesses. So a case can be prosecuted through direct evidence, and cases can be prosecuted through circumstantial evidence, and certainly cases can be prosecuted through reliable, truthful witnesses. Well, we're looking for uh, people who have had direct communication with Sharon. We know that Sharon has talked about Naisha's murder, and we know that Sharon has revealed to other persons her involvement in Naisha's murder. If they would come forward and tell us what they know about information that Sharon has revealed to them, then certainly enough witnesses can bring this case to a point where we can prosecute this case. So we're looking for people who have contact with Sharon and anybody who would have assisted Sharon after the fact after the murder, with either cleaning up evidence or disposing of evidence.
4: Or even people who lived at 905 Neil at the time of the murder who might have information. Anything, no matter how minor you might think it is, I mean, it, anything is helpful. Maybe you think we already know when we don't know.
0: There also might be someone out there who saw Naisha's killer in the immediate aftermath of the killing.
3: It's more than likely true that after the murder of Naisha, Sharon may have been running from her apartment and even ran into a person who was in the hallway at 905 Neal. Now, this person would have had direct knowledge of what they saw, what they heard, and what happened immediately thereafter. This person has not come forward to the police mm-hmm. department.
0: If any of that describes you, if you know anything about the murder of Naisha Nettles on August 14th, 1999, here's what Naisha's mom, Jennifer, has to say to you.
2: I would appreciate if y'all tell the truth and so we can go on and make my family be at ease with this situation because it's been a long time and a long time coming. And I hope whoever did it that. They pay for whatever they have done because she didn't deserve
0: it. Please call the Dayton Police Department cold case line at 937-333-7109. The Deck is an AudioChuck production with theme music by Ryan Lewis. To learn more about The Deck and our advocacy work, visit thedeckpodcast.com. So, what do you think, Chuck? Do you approve? Tired of fighting your kids to make their bed? Say hello to Betty's. The unique design lets your kids make their bed with just a zip. Our patented bedding includes everything you need. A fitted sheet, top sheet, and comforter in one seamless piece that zips together. Kids love the feeling of accomplishment when they can make their bed by themselves every day. Make your mornings easier and visit Bettys.com. That's B-E-D-D-Y-S dot